attack on Israel is a terrifying reminder of what can happen at a border that is built as secure. Despite this dangerous reality, the Biden administration, with the backing of Democrats on Capitol Hill, continues to allow illegal aliens, including military-aged men from adversarial countries, to overrun our homeland. Enough is enough. It is time for the incoming Speaker and House Republicans to unite behind their mechanism to fix this disaster. H.R. 2, securing America's borders, must remain a top legislative priority over the coming weeks. Most important, the border crisis should not be viewed as a problem that can be solved with more taxpayer dollars, a trap that has been laid alongside providing critical financial assistance to Israel. Um, Laura Royce, who's the Director of Immigration and Border Security at the Heritage Foundation, write this piece. You know, there was a blow up in the Senate today, and Sam Faddis is also joining us. Hello, Sam. Welcome back. Uh, and I, I just find it so shocking, Lori, or that Democrats have such pushback on securing our border and putting teeth in legislation that would protect Americans from being vulnerable. Why? Well, for them, it's about power. And uh, not only do they assume that uh, these illegal aliens will vote Democrat one day, uh, but it is also about drawing congressional districts. If you think about the U.S. Census, one of the uses of that is drawing congressional districts. And the left has fought adding a citizenship question to the census. And yet, you must be a U.S. citizen to vote. So if the census isn't going to ask citizenship, then it's going to count everyone who is here, including green card holders, temporary visitors, and illegal aliens, and then use those numbers to draw congressional districts, which means if you have a state with a very large immigrant and illegal immigrant population, you're going to have more congressional districts based on those numbers. Conversely, if you are a state with very low immigrant numbers, then you're going to have fewer congressional districts than you should. Um, so right now we have congressional districts in California that simply shouldn't exist if the idea is representation based on citizenship, which is the only type of American who can vote. And then we also had Senator Dick Durbin from Illinois today advocating illegal aliens serving in the U.S. military. Yes, so apparently he thinks this is yet another job Americans won't do. And yet the left has worked very hard to undermine our own military, whether it was the COVID, the COVID vaccination requirements or injecting wokeism into all aspects of our military. No surprise then, people are not keen to join the U.S. military or have their children join the military, even though they themselves have been uh, in the military or are veterans. And so uh, Senator Durbin is, is then f therefore arguing, well, we should have illegal aliens join the military. Uh, again, this, this is... This is the fast track them as citizens. It, it is, uh, because in, our, in the immigration law right now, you can become a U.S. citizen faster if you are in the military than if you are not in the military. Uh, so it, yet again, this is more about power. I mean, Sam Faddis, what, what do we say to these elected officials who've become an enemy to our nation? There's no other way, there's no other conclusion you can reach. I agree with you, Armstrong. Look, they're completely out of touch. 
we're talking about the border as an example. Okay. The the policy of the Biden administration, let's just say this out loud, is that borders don't exist. I mean, we do not enforce our immigration law. So we we have moved to open borders. The Congress didn't vote on that. The American people didn't decide that. These guys just decided in a vacuum that they're going to do this. And this whole concept of the military, I mean, look, I think sometimes these analogies to the Roman Republic and the Roman Empire get overwrought. But this is a pretty clear one, right? The Romans went down this road. They started with an army that was representative of the people, citizens, soldiers who defended the Republic. And the next thing you know, they had an army of mercenaries and folks who owed no allegiance to the Republic. And the only allegiance they owed was to their commanding officers. We know how that story ended. Wasn't good for democracy. And we don't want to go down that road. It's not good for democracy, Lord. No, it isn't. And uh, terrorists can exploit this. They have exploited this in the past. If they see a fast track either into the U.S. or to remain permanently uh, is to join the military, then then they will do that. Um, and then they can and have you know, attacked fellow soldiers. Um, so, yes, this, this is not something that should be taken lightly. And we absolutely need loyalty to the U.S. and to their fellow uh, members in the service. Are the American people helpless in turning this around? No, um, and uh, many Americans are starting to wake up. And it's been very interesting to see Chicago and New York City because those are two sanctuary cities where their mayors have been all in on sanctuary policies, which is allowing illegal aliens into their cities. And basically, it's a don't ask, don't tell. They're not going to cooperate with federal law enforcement to um, have them deported. Uh, the result, as we've seen, are, are hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens during the, Bush, uh, during the Biden administration taken to these cities. They are now being overrun. They don't have enough uh, housing. Uh, unfortunately, these people are living on the street and um, the residents there have had it and they are speaking up and they are going to city council meetings and they are saying, look, you housing was already limited, for example, on the south side of Chicago. What are you doing to us? Or we're having to compete for jobs or you're taking away our rec center where our children practice football. Um, so these mayors are simply asking for more money from the federal government. They're not reversing their sanctuary policies. Uh, the new Chicago mayor asked for $5 billion from the federal government to uh, shelter the illegal aliens there. Unfortunately, it's become a racket for some of these mayors. You know, um, Sam, it's, it's a business. And, you know, even whether you get the $5 billion dollars or not, what many people in these communities are realizing that it's changing their identity, the value system of this community forever, because they don't necessarily have the same, same values. Uh, crime is escalating. Crime is being committed by them. So, some of them who have no regard for life, no regard for the American system of virtues here. It is totally disrupting our way of life. And sooner or later, if this continues to happen, we won't even recognize America anymore in many of these places. Yeah, you're exactly right, Armstrong. And here's here's the thing is that we, we've talked about this for a long time, I guess, as, hey, out there in the future someday, if we're not careful, we might confront 
this catastrophe. Well, the catastrophe is here. I mean, a lot of a large portion of the mass media, the corporate media, tries to just blank this out and not let the American people know what's going on. But we've reached a historic high in this country in terms of the number of people who were born abroad. I'm all for immigration. Everybody here is an immigrant one way or the other, right? But nobody has said we have open borders, the whole world can come. And the whole world is coming right now. And along with it, by the way, in addition to the strain on public resources, all the other stuff, which is definitely not inconsequential, it means we have no idea who's coming here. And you make a list of every enemy on the planet, well, you can feed folks into that stream with impunity, right? The number one group coming out of South America and Central America now is Venezuelans. I am not certainly not saying that every Venezuelan coming here is a terrorist, but we know the Venezuelans hand full sets of false identity documents to Hezbollah operatives. So you're admitting every Venezuelan that shows up at the border and you have no clue how many of those are just folks coming here trying to make a life and which one of those guys is getting ready to blow up the World Trade Center or blow up the the, the Sears Tower in Chicago. You, know, you said something in your editorial that I, I want to come back to. I mean, you said, look at what happened on October 7th in Israel. Right. This is... And those borders are not even open. Right. Those borders were supposedly secure. Here, come as you are. No identity, no COVID tests, no tests for disease or viruses you may be coming into the country. Wink, wink, just come in. Right. And uh, it has our FBI director, Christopher Ray worried. He's testified multiple times uh, that October 7th was... A wake-up call. Uh, yes, and that the FBI is taking very seriously the prospect that Hamas or other Iran, Iranian proxies will commit attacks here in the U.S. So the Biden administration has made Americans very vulnerable. We are back to a pre-9-11 posture, and Americans shouldn't have to wait for a terror attack for our leaders to act like it and to prevent it and to tell ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, go find these national security threats and arrest them, detain them. Why is Mayorkas a threat also? Because he's allowed this to happen. He's overseen it. And he just gaslights Americans and says the border's secure, um, that we are letting people in on a case-by-case -case basis, that they Which are, is not true. No, that they are just vulnerable populations, that this mass migration is, is just happening. Um, never mind that it's uh, his policies that have invited them in. I just got this sent to me of a large group of mostly Chinese men illegally crossed through open um, gaps of the border fence in California just today. That, there used to be, which is way too many, about a thousand crossing a month. What is that figure now? Now it's up to over 7,000 7, Chinese, looks, and the vast majority are military-aged men. Military-aged men, they, and they all have the same identical luggage, the it's, same identical uniforms. What does that tell you? It's organized and paid for. By whom? I, I don't know. Robert Hillard, does this concern you? 
Uh, well, of course it concerns me, and I think that we should have been handling comprehensive immigration reform uh, since the Schumer compromise in 2013, where Republicans walked away from it, or the Obama compromise in 2015, where Republicans walked away from it, or the Trump compromise in 2018, where Republicans walked away from it, or even last month when President Biden uh, requested $15 billion to secure the border, and Republicans haven't even brought that to a vote yet. I think that we hear a lot of uh, hyperventilating about the border, but we see very little action from Republicans when it comes to actually putting together the type of comprehensive immigration reform that's needed to actually fix the problem. And until we have the political will to not just simply fear monger, to not simply uh, blow smoke, but actually to do something, we're going to continue having this argument year after year. The last time we had anything done on immigration was Ronald Reagan doing amnesty in 1986. We need to really take this issue seriously, come to a bipartisan compromise that can deal with the border, deal with the dreamers, deal with a pathway to citizenship, unburden our court system, Create a, uh, create a guest worker program that actually benefits all countries and really work with our neighbors within our hegemonic sphere of influence to do something about the problem. But instead, we still see continuously Republicans treating this as a political volleyball that's great for election time, but nothing to do when it's actually, actually time to legislate. Michael Young, you heard, um, uh, you know, before I go to Michael Young, let me have you respond to Robert Hillary, who wants to blame this all on Republicans. Well, currently, I mean, we're dealing with historic numbers. We're looking at about 10 million people right now when you include the uh, known Godaways uh, who have been encountered or have just evaded Border Patrol. Um, and so to say that the Republicans are not trying to solve this problem is simply false. The House passed H.R. 2, the Secure the Border Act, in May. It would be extremely effective at preventing illegal immigration in the first place. But uh, the Senate won't uh, consider that bill. Um, the Democrats right now in the Senate are give lip service. They're saying they're, they're willing to do a few things on border security. But really what they want is to have the Republicans um, take responsibility for this issue. And yet the Senate Democrats won't consider uh, ending the gross abuse of mass parole. They won't stop the asylum fraud. They won't stop the unaccompanied children being enticed to come here. They won't stop funding the non-governmental organizations to the tune of billions of dollars to carry this all out. So if you want to solve the problem, there's four things that need to be done right there. Robert, your rebuttal. President Biden asked for $15 billion last month. Republicans instead have started saying they're going to launch an in impeachment inquiry and investigate Hunter Biden. We talk about the Venezuelan migrants who are coming here. We pretend that Donald Trump didn't try to overthrow the Venezuelan government and place Juan Guaido in uh, power uh, less than three, uh, four years ago. We have to start taking these issues seriously. We can just dust off the 2018 agreement that President Trump almost signed in February that year. That would be uh, the notorious S-hole countries comment meeting with Dick Durbin. We can dust that off and have it signed into law right now. We have already seen it pass the House of Representatives previously uh, under Nancy Pelosi. The Senate has already said they would pass it. It does much of what was just stated with regards to the border, in addition to creating a pathway to citizenship, in addition to creating a uh, stronger digital border and also physical barriers put in place. It also deals with this issue of unaccompanied minors and the dreamers in a comprehensive fashion. So to pretend that somehow the Republicans want to get this done when all they're uh, interested in is random conspiracy theories and using this as they political uh, uh, volleyball to kick back and forth is just antithetical to history. We have, we've had compromises on the books for the last decade that Republicans have walked away from again and again and again. Michael Vaughn, how do you respond to what you're hearing? 
I'm downrange again, sir. I'm in Honduras. I just left Guatemala. Today I've been out looking, uh, for instance, at the uh, the Canadian consulate actually uh, is uh, sharing space with IOM or OIM, depending on which language. Uh, OIM is basically the, the immigration pump for the United Nations. They're actually in the same building, the Canadian consulate here in Honduras. You just can't make up this stuff. Uh, you know, I hear... I, you know, I'm downrange all the time, whether it's Panama or Colombia or Morocco. I'm watching these things in, in Lithuania and all over the world. And I'm, I, I, what I'm hearing is a lot of people that think this is about politics. And I'm here to tell you, I'm a war correspondent. Sam Faddis and I, 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 sh I read his information all the time. I share information with Sam all the time. You need to pay attention to Sam and also Heritage Foundation, Laura. I don't actually know Laura, but I, I do pay attention to Heritage. But I'm downrange constantly. Year after year, I spend the vast majority of my time outside of the United States, we are at war. This is a hybrid war. Uh, this is not about a, a, a conspiracy theory or scare tactics. If you if you bury your head in the sand, you are going to die. And I mean die. And this is coming from somebody who spent a lot of time in war and, and constantly comes and goes out of wars. This is actually a replacement population. This is not about job. I was in the Walmart here earlier today in Tegucigalpa, the capital of Honduras. The wall, I, I put that up on Twitter or X some hours ago. Uh, and, and it's just you know, showing the food section and whatnot. And people are, are dialing in from all over the United States saying, hey, that's better than Walmart I'm at. You know, right across the street from me, outside my hotel window, is a TJI Fridays, right? So we've, we've got this idea that all these countries these people are coming from are actually poor and they're starving to death. But let me tell you, the, 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 the Venezuelans who are coming through, which is the vast, by the way, Laura mentioned something about 7,000 a month coming through. I think she may have misspoken. It may be three times that number per day. Nobody actually knows. We're talking, it could literally be 20,000 per day at this point. And that is a directionally accurate number, at least. Nobody knows. Homeland Security doesn't know how many are coming through. That's the northern border, the southern border. I'm telling you, the Darien Gap is being opened up right now as we speak. They're putting two new camps in. Uh, and for those who know what the Darien Gap is, you should see the infrastructure down in Ecuador, down in Colombia. The, the infrastructure for the aliens to come through is being built and it has been being built for a long time. Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas has come down to, to Panama with fistfuls of cash helping to build that infrastructure to increase the rate of flow of people coming to the United States. That doesn't include the CBP-1 app. CBP-1 app is an app that people can just fill out on their phones or, or if they don't have a phone, the, the uh, Department of Homeland Security will help them. They can fly directly in from Guatemala or directly in from Colombia and other places all into the United States. We're talking hundreds of flights per month all over the United States. These are not, this doesn't include the people coming across the northern border or coming across washing up on the beaches of Florida. Uh, for instance, one Chinese man that we met earlier this year, or let's say intercepted coming out of the Darien Gap, his name's Lushan Zhao. He uh, said that he uh, got, he bought a boat and uh, interviewed him for an hour and a half. He'd just come through the Darien Gap he had just come through uh, Colombia and before that, uh, Quito, Ecuador. But we, we intercepted him coming at the best time to question people, as Sam Faddis will know from his CIA background, is at nighttime when they're alone, especially when they're hungry and emotional. I caught him when he was very angry and calmed him down a bit. And he talked for 90 minutes. He talked about buying a boat in in uh, the Bahamas for, for $5,000 from a Scotsman. He said he was coming to Florida with his father and he ran out of fuel. He said the US Coast Guard picked him up. 
I confirm that. U.S. Coach, Ghost, Coast Guard did, in fact, pick him up. He said that he was deported back to the Bahamas and that he then was being deported back to China, but he then flew to, his name was Lushan Zhao. He then flew, his English was perfect, by the way, and his body language was very good. And he, he was almost, he could almost blend in if somebody didn't know what they're looking for. But in Cuba, he changed his flight from, uh, instead of going from Cuba to China, he flew to Quito, Ecuador. Now there's an entire ecosystem hotels uh, and, and uh, snakeheads, as they call them, coyotes, all the way through Quito, all the way up through Colombia, through Panama, the Darien Gap, up through next is Costa Rica, of course, the Nicaragua, and then they come up through here, Honduras, then they go to Guatemala, where I just left a couple of days ago, and then they go to Mexico, and then they end up in towns around the United States. The Chinese have their own ecosystem within ecosystems and different ones go to different places for instance the fujian fujianese speakers go to some places the mandarin speakers go to others and anyway there's a, there, we could talk about this for days but the bottom line is this is an actual invasion when i leave places like well, Amazon, let me let me let me get sam there. sam do you listen i, I heard um, laura say there's seven thousand chinese that doesn't account for everybody else that's coming in is it an invasion is it at war how do you respond to what michael is sharing with us yeah, well, uh, when Michael Yan's done speaking, usually what I say, Armstrong, is amen. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, and I'm not trying to be smart, because the man is in the middle of the thing, on the ground, overseas, all day, every day. Look, let's, let's just cut out any nonsense about the fact that we're dealing with some kind of issue at the border and all we need is a new piece of legislation and a compromise. That's garbage. I'm sorry, it's not true. We have laws in the books, we're not enforcing them. This administration has decided we have open borders. People are flooding into this country at unprecedented levels. And they're coming in, in a lot of cases, with a lot of money and a lot of backing. And as I, one of the guests said earlier, one of the key things is nobody's asking the single most critical question in intelligence work, which is, why? Like, you got a guy who Michael was just talking about who has enough money to buy a boat in the Bahamas, and then he comes to Florida, but he gets caught, and he goes back to the Bahamas, but he's now got enough cash to go to Ecuador and then start all over again and make his way back. So the narrative from the left is these are unemployed factory workers or something that can't feed themselves in China but this guy's got enough cash to jet all over the world, buy boats, and then retool and restart in Ecuador. Uh, you guys are talking, as everybody is, about how overwhelmingly what we see now are, are men unaccompanied in the prime of life. In many cases, as Jan has said on a, a number of occasions, kind of look like they handle themselves, have the same gear, they come out of the jungle, they're in good order. Like, like, guys, maybe we're trained to do this. Okay, so somebody somewhere ought to be scratching their head saying, what the heck is going on here, man? Where are you getting the money? Who's putting you up to this? Where'd you get the plane tickets? How'd you learn to make your way through the jungle in Panama and walk out in good order? Why are your clothes in a dry bag inside your backpack like they teach you to do in jungle warfare school? Anybody asking any of those questions? No. What they're doing is processing them, giving them a shower and a meal, and then helping them move on to Chicago or New York. 
That's what's happening right now. We are being invaded, and this government, as Michael has pointed out, is actually making it happen. They're not just letting it happen, because this conveyor belt of camps all across Central America, run by UN agencies, NGOs, look at who pays the bills for that. It's the American taxpayer is funding that conveyor belt. So not just letting them in, we're actually bringing them here. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. 